Hi there, Michael Zuber. Thanks for listening to the One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that the book One Rental at a Time is now available on Audible? Yes, to all my podcast listeners out there, One Rental at a Time is now available on Audible. Go check it out and please leave a five-star review. Have a great day. Hey, everyone. I have an extra special show for you today. I have uh, invited a returning guest who first appeared on this channel about 18 months ago, talking about his first deal, a house hack and a duplex. Uh, This individual is also a first responder and police officer who's putting his life on the line for all of us every day. And, um, you know, he is now sitting in a 14-day quarantine. So he is out doing his job protecting you and I. And, uh, He's, he's been put at risk. So we should thank all of our first responders. Uh, they are uh, not sheltering in place. They are doing the hard things for us. So let's make sure we uh, give some love to Millennial Mike and welcome him back to the show. How are you doing, young man? Uh, I'm doing just fine, except for the fact that I am uh, appreciating my constitutional right to unlawful imprisonment even more right now. I am <laughs> not having a good time being stuck in here, mandatory for 14 days. I can't, yes. I'm not even allowed to leave my house for the grocery store or anything. Yeah, you, yeah, 14 days, right? So you were, you were involved in an incident where the individual tested positive. And because of that, yes. you, you've been asked to stay home for 14 days. That's kind of the simple statement, correct? Yeah, that's the easiest way to explain it right there, yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, I just want to ask, cause you and I are friends. We've been following each other for quite a while. H- how are you doing? You're four or five days into this now. Are you just stir crazy? Are you feeling okay? Anything we need to worry about millennial Mike? Well, nothing to worry about. I mean, you know, the first night that I was home, uh, I cleaned everything in the house <laughs> and then I ran out of stuff to clean. And I was like, Oh, this is what everybody else has been suffering through during these shelter in place orders. Cause like you said earlier, as a police officer, I'm still going to work every day. People still do dumb stuff and have to be dealt with and crashes happen mm-hmm. and, and, and drugs are still out. So I'd been going to work, but now that I've had my wings clipped and I'm stuck at my house and what's worse, I, you know, I can't even have my son with me. So he's with grandma and grandpa <clears throat> and I'm uh, just here living it up. <laughs> well, um, well, a couple of things I would tell you you're going to need to do and I'm sure you're doing already. You're going to have to break up the day right? You're going to have to create some kind of structure. For a young man like you, you've got to find a way to work out, even if it's just body weight movements. Um, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. You can't, you can't let that stuff slide. <laughs> no, and I've already dropped 10 pounds since the shelter in place started because six weeks of not going to the gym for a tall, skinny guy like me, it's not a good recipe. <laughs> oh, I don't want to hear about this. You dropped 10 pounds during this shelter in place. Most of us are gaining 10 pounds because we're sheltering in place. Oh, to be a young metabolism again. Oh, I guess. I, I guess. guess. Yeah. <laughs> it won't always be that way. Okay. I just want you to know it will change. <laughs> so, hey, do me a favor. Let's remind folks about the duplex in your first deal. Again, I think it was November of last year or thereabouts. Let's just give a quick two or three minute rundown of what it is and then we'll talk about today. Sure. So, um, you know, I have a YouTube channel myself and I kind of break it all down and make it pretty simple for people to understand. But essentially, if you live in a really, really expensive market like Seattle, where I'm at, or LA, San Francisco, New York, or any of these other markets where you're like, I, I live in a really expensive city and I want to get started investing in real estate. How? The yeah. only way that I could come up with is house hacking. 
So the way that I did it was I was able to get a 5% down conventional loan on a $450,000 property, which is still 22 and a half grand, but it's, it's, it's reasonable as opposed to 8%. I wouldn't have been able to afford that for years. So I, you know, got pre-qualified for the loan. I went out and I started looking and started looking and started looking and I'd already heard of uh, your channel by that point and you know the whole know your market study it all the time so as I'm looking around for these properties and I'm I'd gone out and seen a few and of course looked at so many on the MLS this one popped up one day and I realized in the neighborhood it's at it's $50,000 less than what it should be the rent on this thing is under what it should be there's one va vacant unit already that I can just move right into Went out and saw it, no major issues, built in 97. And I was like, yes, put an offer on it. And, and to this day, I still am like, how did I get this thing? Because having looked for other deals since then, I'm like, how did I get this thing? <laughs> but that, that was the first duplex, which I house hack. I have a tenant, pays me like 85% of my mortgage on the other side. And then me and my roommate live here. So I'm responsible for like 7.5% of my mortgage payment. And I save all the rest of my money. Well, first and foremost, congratulations. I'm still so happy for you. But again, this, people ask me all the time, right? I, I'm kind of a broken record and I feel bad for saying it, but you have to learn your market and you have to look every day. And when you yes. do that, you will eventually stumble across a diamond in the rough that has some, some, something unusual that if you look, you see it, you can strike just like you did, right? $50,000 in exactly. equity. Um, you know, that's uh, that's pretty outstanding. So congratulations. Yeah. So, uh, so you, you, so that was one deal. Now you've been looking for 18 months. Um, yes. How's that been? So, you know, the, uh, the one rental at a time method, know your market surrounding areas. And I've looked and I've looked and I've looked and it, it just, I don't understand how, people can buying the houses and the rentals out here at the prices that they're buying them at uh, house or rental will go on the market and within 12 hours it'll have five offers be bid up $50,000 and go list price even if I'd evicted the tenants and raised the rents 30% which you know that's easier said than done mm -hmm. so I, I it, it baffles me I don't understand like what the math is that they're doing or they just don't care they're banking on the fact that because of amazon microsoft boeing xbox and every other big company we have out here that prices will just go up forever indefinitely and they don't care about the cash flow so yeah. they're they're pushing the little guys like me out so i finally started to um look into other markets and actually another individual that you interviewed about a year and a half ago uh whose name is um <clears throat> mark who's also a police officer from the east coast he was reaching out to me constantly. We've been talking. He's been like, hey, check out this market. Or why don't yep. you look at this market? And I kept trying to do the whole, well, yeah, I mean, maybe later, but I got to focus on where I'm at. And finally, I was just like, you know what, Mark? I think, I think you're a pretty smart guy. And, and through this time, he went from, when I first met him, he had three rentals. He's going to hit 20 by the end of the year. It's been a year and a half. I think Mark's on to officer on patrol right now. And I'm just like, you know what, boss, you're the man. Tell me what you got. Yeah. I love, I love Mark. He's, he's, uh, he's a giver. He's very helpful. Um, yes. You know, he, he, uh, he's a positive individual. I really like him. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. a good guy. Yeah. Very cool. I heard you two were set up to meet 
in this other city before this thing all came down. Is that true? That was, that was the case. We, uh, we were planning on meeting up in the city in the Midwest where we invest, uh, or well, where, we, where I have bought one single home that closes in a few days, and he has bought many. I don't want to like overinflate myself here, but we had a plan to meet. Yeah. And then, you know, big Rona reared its ugly head and just things have been thrown for a loop. So what can you do? Yeah. Well, it's exciting news that you have another one in contract that will be closing shortly. You want to share some details, the numbers, kind of what you, what you think? Sure. And actually I, I pulled them up my my computer just in case. So yeah. So this house, one of the interesting things, you know, obviously when you have an overinflated market on the left coast or the East coast, like you do, like I do, when you hear $60,000 house, you say, you mean the down payment for that house, right? No, 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 no. The entire house is $60,000. And you're like, oh, okay, well, I'm sure it's a cardboard box because $60,000 could maybe buy you parking for the year in Seattle. <laughs> so I, I get turned on to this turnkey provider group, which I probably wouldn't have ever considered like um, using one of those or looking into them if it wasn't for the fact that watching all of your videos about how you provide turnkeys and you provide good investments for people, I was like, yeah, sure. I'll go ahead. I'll take the weekly email thing. I'll look at all the properties they send out. And you know, you'd always talked about you want to aim for like a minimum of $200 a month in cash flow after all other expenses, vacancies, and maintenance put together. And that's your minimum. Uh, and obviously no alligator properties. And so they send out their estimations for these different rentals and they have prices that range between I've seen as low as like 55,000 bucks and then as high as like 120, 130. And so I'm looking at all of them and they give you their estimated numbers and uh, their estimated cash flow. So uh, I'll move into what we got right here. So the one that I bought all in price, 60 grand, my 20% down payment is 12 grand. <laughs> I'm only taking a loan out for $48,000, which, you know, is like half a Tesla. So, um, you know, they, <laughs> isn't that a weird thing to think about? It's half, half of a Tesla. Anyways, that's like one software upgrade or something like that. Anyways, um, the mortgage rate that they'd estimated me at was a 4.6, but due to everything that's going on, going crazy, I got in at a 4.1. So I already was doing better than their pro forma right off the bat. Uh, I ended up doing better. They quoted me at insurance 61 a month. I got it to 54. So everything that they actually gave me in their estimates, which after vacancies and maintenance, they estimated a monthly cash flow of 424. I've actually done better. And I think I'm going to hit a monthly cash flow of about 480, which doubles what you have recommended. That's after, sure. uh, or no, that's before the vacancies and maintenance. If you throw the vacancies and maintenance in on about 350. So I was like, you know what? I think this would be a deal that Mike would approve of. Yes. I know the market and can see a good deal. I'm just going to go for it. Why not? <laughs> yeah. Very, very cool. So uh, one question I want to ask you, just because I know a lot of folks have difficulty getting loans under 50K. Uh, how was that process? Did you, did you have any difficulty at all getting that loan? Uh, not that I've seen so far. I mean, we, again, it hasn't closed yet. Um, but the underwriter and everything, the, the loan company that I use, who's caliber home loans, who, from what I understand is a nationwide organization. Uh, and I remember I did a video on them once talking about my experience with them and how it was positive and then comments in it were like, Oh, these people are terrible. And I was like, it was probably differences between different parts of the country. Cause I called, I mean, I'll tell you what, I send them an email at like 10 30 at night and get a response five minutes back. Mm. That's, that's pretty impressive. That's, 
that's very impressive to me at least. Yeah. So I've had no problems. They just asked for all the standard paperwork. Okay. Um, I have one existing home loan for them. I, I had anticipated I wouldn't be able to use the income from my current duplex till I'd owned it for two years. And they're like, no, you've got your tax returns for 2019. We can use the income from that. Nice. I was like, sounds great. So, and they didn't have any issues with it being under 50,000. Nobody okay. ever said anything to me. They were just like, no, send us your pay stubs, W-2s and you're good. Okay. Uh, and again, 4.1 30-year fixed, I hope? Yes, yes. With no penalty to pay it off early if I chose to. Very, very cool. And then what is the expected lease rate? What's the tenant paying? It's already got a tenant in it. Nice. And they have paid both April and May and they're paying $875 a month. There you go. So just rough and tough. You're at about 40% of that is net cash flow to you. So that does not suck. Yeah. And it blows the 1% rule out of the water in terms of what it, you know, it should have been renting for 675. That's, I was yeah. impressed. I was impressed when I saw it. It was like one of those light bulb moments like, Hey, this is the one right here. There you go. Go, go, go get it. So we've talked about it a couple of times. You have a YouTube channel that's blown up. So why don't you advertise what that is? Because again, if people want to know about Caliber Home Loans, they should watch your video and really see what you're doing. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say it's blowing up. I think I have almost 2000 subscribers and you have ballooned up from, I think last year, at the end of last year, you had around 2000. Now you're at coming up on 8,000. So I think that's where the success really is. My, my YouTube channel is not meant to be like a flashy meet Kevin style channel. Like that's mine's meant to be, this is what it's really like for an average person who probably got C's in high school. I am a cop after all. And to oh. actually get started investing in real estate, here is the slow daily grind of what it takes. And there's videos of me on there. Like, yeah, just worked another overtime shift. I think I'm going to die. I'll do it again tomorrow. Like, you know, you have to put in a lot of work. I've seen a couple of your recent videos. I think people kind of uh, look to the, the influencer, Instagram influencer lifestyle and think that you can get to that very quickly. And you really can't, but you can get to it. Mm -hmm. um, I, work, I, work, I worked 47 days straight. My first day off was like three days before I got quarantined. Mm. And honestly, I don't, I, I try to take like one day off a week because I, I need to put extra money away to try to buy more of these things. Mm -hmm. um, but realistically, my YouTube channel is just about like what, what the experiences are of an average person who makes, you know, a, a realistic salary sure. and, and how you can get started. And if it's too expensive in your area, what can you do? And then yeah. if you need to go somewhere else, what should you do? And who should you look to for inspiration or advice? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Well, I don't think you've said it yet. And if you had, I missed it. What is your YouTube channel? Oh, it's, uh, it's just Millennial Mike. You have, every, you have Instagram, Millennial Mike. YouTube's Millennial Mike. TikTok's Millennial Mike. All that goofy stuff. It's yeah, the well, the, the good thing I love about watching your channel, really everything, is you don't take yourself too seriously. No. Right? It's, <laughs> it's just who you are. And that's what I think most people should be watching. Right? The Meet Kevin edited videos, the Graham Stephan stuff. Um, these guys are doing it for that YouTube money, right? They're right. both making six figures a month now oh, yeah. in YouTube. And uh, when, when any of them catch on to something like stimulus seems to be the keyword for all their videos now, they just yeah. keep dropping five stimulus videos a week, a, a day. Yeah, a day. And we're falling for a it. Day. I, I, yeah. think it's, I think it's sad. 
it, it is frustrating. So, I, you know, I mean, I make videos mostly about my experience, but I also do like I review some other people. I actually have a two videos I'm working on. One of them is called like the best five real estate gurus on YouTube. And then the other one is I'm going to do a series of like talking about individual YouTubers and, you know, meet Kevin who started out, you know, I went back and watched some of his original videos, chock full of good content, yeah. very informative, smart guy. Uh, and you watch him like, this is smart. This is great. This is interesting. But a lot of that information has now been put behind a paywall of his real estate investing course link below. It's <laughs> <laughs> like those two phrases go together. Yeah. Now. <laughs> And, uh, and you're right. Like I was like, okay, I'm going to find his most recent real estate video. And there's five stimulus videos a day. And I'm just scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. And I'm like, holy cow, I can't find anything other than the fed, the stimulus or political analysis. I'm like, man. Yeah. But. In fact, the last real estate video he did, I, I tore up without even naming it. It was the one he talked about making, I don't know what it was, $300,000 on the last four houses. And he, mm -hmm. he just clearly left out a lot of it would and oh by the way he responded he actually commented on my video did he, he really um what did he say he basically said oh i did that in a rush i probably shouldn't have done it great video thank you basically yeah. right i mean his response is like 300 words i mean it's like the, one of the longest responses i've ever seen wow. uh, but um <clears throat> you know, the fact is a lot of these youtube gurus have not invested through an adjusting market they have only right. known the last five years. And unfortunately, he's investing in Southern California. He's talking about wedge deals. And frankly, wedge deals will kill you in an adjusting market. Unless you make a million dollars on YouTube and you know, then you'll be okay. If you make a million bucks on YouTube, you can, you can have a few alligators. You can uh, float them a little better. <laughs> yeah, and in his response, he actually put out numbers that aren't in his original video. Do you know how much equity he has? on those four properties? No. A million bucks. He put a million dollars down. How many of us can put a million dollars down? Right? How many 29-year-olds could do that? I mean, that's just so Definitely not me. disingenuous. It's not even funny. Yeah. 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 Well, so. in that and and because he's a real estate agent, he gets the opportunity to save a lot of the costs yeah. that go into the purchase or sale. So, which is another thing that your average person can't do, uh, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. And oh, by the way, he gets to ignore carrying costs because again, carrying costs, when you put a million bucks down, it's a lot lower, right? You and I can't mm -hmm. do that. I mean, geez. Nope. Yeah. So I, I've been very frustrated with him because uh, clearly he's just hooked on the, the stimulus area. So anyways. Yeah. That's right. But that's why there's guys like you and I who just talk about what we're doing every day and, you know, just kind of don't take ourselves too seriously. So I appreciate you for that. Well, I mean, yeah, there's not, you know, I, well, the reason that I even wanted to start my channel was because, you know, when I would watch people like Graham Stephan or meet Kevin uh, or you or Grant Cardone or all these other individuals, it's mm -hmm. all, Hey, let me tell you now that I'm extremely successful. And now that I can look back through this slightly altered, maybe even biased lens, and I mean, no offense, obviously, mm -hmm. let me tell you how you should get started. P.S. I started 15, 10, 20, 30 years ago, depending on who it is, right? Which is not to take away from your expertise and your knowledge, but some things have changed in 10, 15, 20 years, yeah. and it may be a little bit different. Yeah. And so where can someone go to actually watch a video that's more relevant to now? Yeah. And the other thing is, that, you know, I think a lot of times people say, well, did this person really start out like poor with nothing or are they just kind of downplaying their 
million dollar loan from my dad type thing, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I don't never have, have really anticipated that my YouTube channel is going to grow that much until I maybe become 10 rentals or 20 rentals or more successful. And then everyone will go back and be like, Oh yeah, he really was kind of a dirt poor, goofy, poorly edited 360 P videos. And you know, he really was kind of a loser and oh. look at he yeah no again i think i think like um what is it gary v right T talks about documenting instead of you know doing all of that so i think you're doing all the right things i think your channel is going to grow because of this video it should because there are a lot of people i don't know if i were to guess more than half my channel views are from people that are in your situation right they have the desire they have the interest. Maybe it was bigger pockets. Maybe it was meet Kevin. Maybe it was Grant Cardone. I don't care who it is, but they got the bug and they're trying to go forward. So if that is you, you need to do yourself a favor and subscribe to millennial Mike. Uh, uh, if you want the videos, it's on YouTube. If you want to just laugh, go to TikTok, uh, which I've seen them on TikTok. It's so funny. Dude, you blow up on TikTok, man. I don't know what happened there. Jeez. Good looking guy, I guess. So, well, so I made a lot of videos about like jokes of being, of being a police officer. So like all of my videos with millions of views on them were, were me talking about what it's like to be a police officer. And there's a lot of police officers on TikTok. But anyways, my department, the department I work for, they were like, well, we don't know if this is a very professional image. And I was like, but I never said where I work or who I work for. I don't even wear the uniform. They're like, yeah, we just don't like it. And I was like, all right, well, I guess I'll take those ones down. And Aww. I really haven't made many since, but it was depressing. Cause I was like, man, these are, it's me. I don't swear. I don't curse. I don't, yeah. you know, it's, it's family friendly for kids. It's a police officer. Of course. And, uh, but you know, I left, I left some, some good ones up there, but definitely like the ones I had that had like millions of views on them, they were all cop related. And I did not I realize were those were taken down. I watched them. I have a TikTok account that I just use to entertain myself. Sometimes I watched them. Uh, you I must, did not you must have watched them prior to when yeah. I took them down. I didn't realize they were down. So that was yeah, funny. Unfortunately. Oh, darn it. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? The man's got to come and crush the fun. You know, these, uh, these young kids with their social medias, wow, what losers. And I was like, yeah, but I'm a funny loser. So. Yeah, exactly. Well, hey, let, do me a favor. I'd be remiss if I didn't talk to you about how one rental at a time has either helped or hurt or what I've done right or wrong. Uh, I'd love your feedback as somebody who's been following me for a while. I have the book. And actually, I think, uh, you know, I had the book before it was a book. But when you still had the PDF version and you emailed it to me and I mm -hmm. read through the entire thing and then you published it and then you got on Audible. Um, so I've known you pretty much, I think, just shortly after you started your YouTube channel, maybe a few months after you started. Mm -hmm. uh, but realistically, probably the best things, I think the, the, I hate using the term motivation because, because it's impossible to like motivate somebody. People have to be intrinsically motivated. They have to motivate themselves. Uh, otherwise they'll never be willing to do what it actually takes to be great or be successful, right? Mm -hmm. You can motivate with fear, maybe on a daily basis to get your minimum wage employee to do what they have to. But if you want to motivate somebody to like work their butt off 70, 80 hours a week, that's going to come from inside. Mm -hmm. So you have to have somebody who knows how to get themselves motivated. But what you do that motivates me is the constant reminder that yes, I'm not wasting my time and I'm not doing something that's impossible because Michael Zuber did it 
and other people who are your average everyday people who you know just work hard and put in the effort over a few years can make it happen and let's do an interview with this person and let's do an interview with this person and so it's 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 not good to compare yourself to others in some senses but in some senses it is because you've interviewed other young people mm -hmm. who do far have done far more than me and then it breaks that mental barrier down that says, I can't do that. I grew up poor. I got no college education. All I do is put people in like silver bracelets for a living. Like what, <laughs> what am I going to do? And then, you know, you interview some 23 year old kid with like a hundred rentals. And I'm like, well, you know, maybe I can't get to five, you know, maybe even me, my below the bell curve can like actually get to five. So like the, the daily, I guess, inspiration or reminder that I'm not crazy is probably the number one thing awesome. that I get from you on a continuing basis. Because as you said earlier, being a broken record, which isn't a bad thing because you constantly have new people watching your channel that need to hear that same entry level message, know your market, know when a good deal is coming your way and you can get really fancy and break down all the millions of numbers that I have on this pro forma they sent me or you can be really simple, which I like simple and simple is this house is cheaper than most of the ones I look at, but it has a better cash flow and I can afford it. Hmm. I wonder if there's something bad about it. Call, start asking questions. I don't think there's anything bad about it. I'm going to go ahead and buy it. And I think for a lot of people, the paralysis of analysis probably breaks them down. Fear about the market. Man, I grew up so freaking poor. Like, welcome to the party, everybody else. With <laughs> Honestly, welcome to what we have been doing, the bottom 3% for our whole lives. It's not that bad. If I made a bad investment and lost a bunch of money, well, guess what? I went from zero to one, I'm back to zero. It's not that far of a drop. I understand why people are afraid to go from like having everything. I just don't have fear for that kind of stuff. And that's probably the best stuff that you've done for me is just that baseline of knowledge and then the confidence to execute. And then what the heck, just keep trying. Hey, if that's all I do for everyone, I'll take that. That's a win to me. <laughs> yeah, just... just uh... Giving people hope and desire, a little bit of focus. Um, that's all it is. I, all I ask you to do is, is focus and, and execute. That, that's it, right? Learn your market, learn your market, daily activity. Mm. And then you could stumble across a duplex that's 50K or under or learn a market that you've never been to. Um, right, right. That's, that's pretty cool. The, probably the other thing that's like super good that I think probably would hold most people back I, I don't think it really holds me back because I grew up so poor. The live beneath your means, oh. the don't inflate into your new income as you increase. Like if you, you know, don't buy that $100,000 Tesla that we talked about earlier, don't do it. Just hold off. Man, I have a 1992 Geo Metro. That is my car. I get zero ladies from it. Like it's probably <laughs> negative ladies. The amount of ladies <laughs> I get from that car. Like it just, they run. It's not a good time. All right. But you know what? The thing cost me $1,200 in cash like eight years ago. I have no car payment. My insurance is like seven bucks a month. It's an exaggeration. It's like 50 bucks a month. And it gets 40 miles to the gallon. And, uh, and then it keeps me from getting in a relationship, which means I don't spend money on dates. So really, it's a net positive all the way around. Um, <laughs> anyways, but like a lot of my friends, you know, I've got friends that are in the same department as me, making the same salary with the same overtime opportunities. And they asked me, hey, man, you're doing really well. You got a really nice house. You get a bunch of money from your tenant. Now you're buying a second house. What'd you do different? And I've had these conversations with them over the years of, man, you bought a $450,000 new construction house. And then you bought your jet skis, your motorcycle, your, your freaking Dodge Charger. 
and your wife has her Mercedes, forbid we get furloughed if the economy really takes a tank, you're going to be hurting my guy. And I can understand how you want to, you know, if, if it's your personal choice to buy toys and that's what you want from life, man, I'm happy for you. If that's yeah. what makes you happy, I'm happy for you. But if you want to know how I do what I do, it's like you've seen my car, right? Open up my freezer. There are some pizza rolls and burritos. I do the Dave Ramsey diet of like beans and rice. And that's about the only advice I take from Dave Ramsey anymore. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how you get it done. Yeah, no, people always, people, you know, again, as we kind of talked about earlier, right? I'm on the other side of this, right? I've, I've been on the path to 15 years uh, of sacrifice. I don't know why people don't hear it when they ask, what was the one thing you did? And that is I went from spending 100% of my income at 30 to spending less than 50% of my income by the time I was 35. Mm. You have to spend less. You have to sacrifice. We did nothing fancy for 15 years. Never upgraded our home. We had 10 or to 12-year-old cars. You know, our daughter got a little bit of extras, right? Like she got a nice, like she got a phone and, you know, she would get some nice things. But Olivia and I, nothing for 15 years. And now if you look at what we have, yeah, we got some cool stuff. But 15 years of sacrifice and people just don't want to hear that. I just, I don't know what else to say. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's hard. It's hard to, it's hard to give things up once you've gotten used to them. Yeah. It's not easy. Yeah. So don't, don't get them in the first place and get used to them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't inflate into it. But again, to your kind of a point you made earlier, there are going to be a lot of people going through adjustments. Um, you know, maybe it's not first responders because they're so important to what's going on today, but there's a lot of people working in tech and retail and restaurants who uh, like, I mean, just pick on Vegas, right? Vegas is an, as a city, a county, whatever you want to call it, that um, is very entertainment driven. And from what I've seen from Vegas, they all drive really nice cars and have four and $500,000 homes that have like 17 air conditioners and stuff. There's, there's going to be people making tough choices. And yeah, it didn't have to be that way. No, but they wanted to uh, live high on the a little too early, just a little too early. You had to put in a little bit more work before you earn it, but teach their own, I guess. Well, anything you want to close out with either on one rental at a time, uh, millennial Mike YouTube channel, just to, to remind folks that, uh, um, you know, things will get better. Sure. Actually, I have a question for you. So I, oh, on my, I interviewed you, which I would love to do again at some point, though I can't right now because my recording equipment wasn't working, but, um, on the interview I did for you, mm -hmm. one of the like, comments on that video was, um, <clears throat> and I'm hoping hope not to spring this on you on the spot, but the guy was like, you know, people like you, me, and Michael Zuber uh, give the little guy a false, a false sense of hope because, and then they said, you had a ridiculously inflated income that an average person can never, ever expect to have. And so therefore, uh, your story isn't valid because your wow. average person couldn't have it. Wow. And then they kind of tried to imply the same about me. So then I made a video talking about, you know, starving as a child. And I was like, gotcha. But I want your response or you should maybe even do some video series on if you had a good income, good for you. And if you didn't or what it was like or why that doesn't matter or why it's just an excuse. Yeah. So uh, again, I did not see that. I should go back. I will create a video on this. So no, my income, um, when I started doing all of this was, I want to be accurate. I want to say it was $70,000 a year. 
which again may sound high, but realize that's $70,000 in the Silicon Valley, mm -hmm. right? You know, so I was poor in the Silicon Valley, right? Because our cost of living and all the things that we have to go through. So again, I did not have a lot of disposable income, right? I was spending everything to survive in the Silicon Valley. So we had to make sacrifices. So, um, you know, when I started it, when I was 30, I bet you the average income was significantly more than that. Um, I never made a ton of money uh, at my W-2. So uh, people that, that say that are, don't understand and they don't want to ask themselves, right? So for example, the person that may say that they probably live in another state, right? Where maybe the average income is 30 or 35 grand, but let's have an honest discussion. Let's do cost of living. What does a house cost where you live? Well, the house cost that I live in, even when I started, was over $300,000. The, the place I live in today was $300,000, 303. That's hard to do on $75,000 a year. Yeah. Um, so, no, I, I, uh, I fought for everything. Uh, we, we went from, again, spending 100% of our income to spending 50%. You do that by making hard choices, by giving up things, by having 12-year-old cars, by eating at home. And um, people just don't understand that it was the sacrifice. It wasn't my income. I didn't, I, what, my company never went public. Um, I never had a liquidity event of any size. Um, yeah, people that, people that want to say that are um, not understanding it was the sacrifice. It was not how much I made. It was how much I kept. And the, the delta in that is sacrifice. And people just don't want to hear it because they're not willing to sacrifice. Yeah. And I think people don't ever want to hear that because that's the hardest thing to hear. Kind of like we were talking about earlier, but I want to make the, shut that stuff down ahead of time, make those videos and get it out there. Cause there's, there's a lot of, and I don't know if you have the same experience as me, but man, I have like 14 year old kids put comments on my YouTube videos about how they want to invest in real estate. And I'm like, man, I wish, I wish I had been smart at your age or YouTube it existed when I was that age or something because I'm reading this comment that's like the person's assessing my cash flow and telling me how they were assuming that I'm going to get about a 33% cash on cash return. And I'm like, yeah, they're probably right. And then the very last line of the comment is, by the way, I'm a 14 year old kid. So, you know, don't take anything I say too seriously. And I was like, 14, what cat, you know, cash on cash return is it 14? Where do you go to school, man? Cause I'll tell you what, it's not where I went to school. <laughs> <laughs> well, in fairness, it probably, he's probably not learning it in school. He or she. No. I was probably watching a lot of YouTube videos and that's where it's coming from. Yeah. Good for them. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I can only imagine what would have happened if I started at 14, if YouTube was around. Cause I didn't even think about being a landlord until I was 30. Yeah. Wasn't yeah. even a, wasn't even a thought. So, so, uh, Mr. Millennial Mike, I want to thank you for all you've done. Uh, hopefully you skate through this next 10 days uneventful, you know, go do some pushups and whatnot. Uh, stop losing weight. I'm just, I hate the yeah. fact that you lost 10 pounds already. That kind of annoys me. I think you gave me it to too. me. <laughs> <laughs> all right, brother. Take, take care of yourself, all right? Sounds good. Thank you. You got it.